The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Hello once again to my friends out there listening. I just so love connecting with you every week, and I love that I started this show talking about love because if you're listening to us live, today is Valentine's Day, and what an appropriate day for the guest we have lined up today. We're going to be talking with Dr. Love, so I hope that all of you, if you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, can just tune into your own hearts today and know that you are the one who controls the dial. Dial up the love. So many people look outside of themselves for love, and what I've found through connecting with higher consciousness, our true self, is that the love we seek is right here within us all along. It's certainly beautiful when we have someone to share that with, but if there's nobody right now, just know that you can open your own heart by by sending your own love out to the world. So let me get right to our guest, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, known to millions as Dr. Love, through her website, AskDrLove.com, which is the web's first and immensely popular relationship advice site. It's been around since 1995. I was introduced to Jamie by my literary agent, Bill Hammond. He said, you two have to meet. And so we have become friends. We've never met in person, but every time we do connect by phone or by email, and I've been on her show a couple of times, it's just lovely because we resonate but let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Love or Jamie. She's a highly sensitive, skilled clinical psychologist with 35 years of experience helping people transform their lives. She's a frequent keynote speaker and workshop leader at the world's top venues, such as Agape International, the New York Open Center, Rhythmia, and Kripalu. I'm not sure I said that right. But her life took a shocking turn 13 years ago when her beloved husband of nearly 30 years who the Dalai Lama named as one of the 50 men of all time who was one with God, died in her arms while they were vacationing together in Italy. She tells her amazing story and introduces her groundbreaking trans-dimensional grief resolution method in her number one international Hay House bestseller, 
Love Never Dies. If you all haven't heard of this book or haven't read it, you've got to run out and get it. It's on my bookshelf. We just uh, moved, as many of you know, and we cleared out all of our books and not all of them, but I went through every book. Is this a keeper or whatever? And her book, Love Never Dies, was definitely a keeper. So for number for nearly three years, Jamie's Love Never Dies radio show was number one on the Hay House Radio Network. But now she has this new system called the Energetic System Upgrade, a method to guide you to discover boundless love, healing, and prosperity in every aspect of your life. So today's show on Valentine's is going to be about relationships, about how you can raise your vibration, and wherever else this conversation goes. Jamie, I'm doing too much talking. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, I just uh, I just left my body. I just sort of floated up into the spirit room. That was such a beautiful introduction, Suzanne. I'm so happy to be with you. Oh, it's wonderful. Now you have this this energetic upgrade, energetic system upgrade, but you yeah. also Suzanne. Oh my goodness, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne? Yes. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> Sean does so many manifestations when I do radio shows. Oh no, did we how much did did I drop out? Ten seconds. Well do, do we back? Jamie, why don't you just talk? How about that? Hello, Will you tell us about the new term that you've coined? My husband in spirit likes to be present for all my mm-hmm. interviews and often it messes up the transmission. So Jean, do not make me have an argument with you on Valentine's Day. Please. <laughs> so <laughs> I know he so, does that. You know, Suzanne, since we're talking about love and the energetic system upgrade What am I talking about? You know, I've been spending these last 13 years going all over the world and on my radio show helping people reconnect with their loved ones in spirit and dialogue to heal unfinished business because we all have unfinished business of one sort or another. As a shrink, I just know this. And traditional Western grief therapy gives us no way of working our unfinished business out. The, The party line is, well, after six months, get over it. And if you're not over it, we're going to give you psychiatric labels and drugs. It's an abomination. So, you know, Jean showed me we don't die. We just leave our bodies. We just move into the dark matter, which, you know, quantum physicists now have shown 95% of our world is dark matter or dark energy. And this is where, as Einstein said, energy can't be destroyed. When you shed the turtle shell of the physical body, the energy of the soul essence just goes into the dark matter. And right after Jean left his body, he started, you know, proving to me, we're right here. We're all around you. We're just waiting for you to learn how to raise your vibration and open the door of your heart and let us back in. How and long ago was that that he passed? That was uh, September 17th, 2006. And, you know, he, he I have all kinds of videos of his, you know, manifestations, lights on and off, machines on and off. And he said, tell our story, let the, our love shine like a torch that lights the path for others. So that's what prompted me to write my memoir that Hay House published under the title you mentioned, Love Never Dies, and to develop my transdimensional grief resolution method that's based on this the truth that we don't die, we just leave our bodies. So, you know, I help people all over the world reconnect with their loved ones and heal unfinished business. And, you know, by the way, reconnecting with those in spirit is our fast track to self-love. Because those in spirit are one with God and all the saints, and 
God is love. So when you reconnect, you are filled with an abundance of love and peace. And this is actually how Jean healed me and brought me self-love after he left his body. You know, I tell the story in the book that, you know, I was raised by parents who verbally and physically tore me down to nothing. That You know, and even though Jean poured love on me his whole life, there was this core of me, myself, that didn't love myself. And it was only after he left his body and I realized I just, I've got to find a solution no matter how famous I am, no matter how many books I sell. It does not matter. I don't love myself. I hear my parents putting me down in my head. And, and so I went to my professional group in New York City, all the top psychoanalysts, and, and I said, I'm weeping. I've got to love myself. I'm tormented. And they said, oh, well, just tell your parents to shut the F up and let our voices out shout. I'm like, this does not work. It did not work for my patients. It doesn't work for me. So I come home, and I collapse on my knees, weeping, and I say, Jean, I'm begging you, help me, help me. And he appears to me as the embodiment of love. And he says to me, Jamie, listen, listen, listen to me. Let my love for you fully enter you. And he turned my face toward him and the light. And in that moment, I felt that tidal wave of love, his love, for me, became my self-love. And that's when I realized I had to wait until he was out of his body in order for me to be fully healed because now he's freed from the physical vessel of his human physical body. So out of his physical body, his soul essence could enter me unimpeded, and I needed to wait until he was out of his body to complete my own healing and and discover full self-love. So, so as I'm been, hope, hoping it's, it's, it's that we're going to learn right? a way to do that without our loved ones having to pass first. Yes. The, so here's where we come into the energetic system upgrade. There are so many people, you know, who are walking wounded. I mean, we all have been injured in one fashion or another during our what I call deformative years. <laughs> That's a joke, mm, right? Wow, I love <laughs> but that. not really. So we have these old scars and we carry them around. And they're really impediments to our loving ourselves and loving others fully. And what I was listening to in these last 13 years was just people are feeling so discontent, so empty, feeling lonely and unloved. Work doesn't bring me joy. I'm jealous of other people. Something profound is missing in my life. And so... I started to really listen to what was going on, and what I got was that so many millions of people, even those who are really successful and surrounded by people who love them, they still feel empty inside, deeply empty. And I started Mm -hmm. reflecting on this, and I said, Jamie, the disconnection is the source of our discontent, that we are disconnected. And That's if perfect. People, if I could right. just break in a second, because what I've been sharing, Jamie, with the listeners to this show is that, that yeah. my definition, the one that resonates, not my words, but what resonates with yeah. me the most for love is love is absence of separation. There so you if go. you're feeling disconnected, you can't feel the love. Exactly. Disconnection from source from others. And to me, I don't even make a distinction because, you know, God is in every one of us. So if we learn how to connect to others, 
we are connecting to God. God then connects back to us. So, you know, I'm not even making a distinction now, oh, you have to find love by reconnecting to those in spirit. Well, yeah, that's a fast track to self-love. But for those of us who just we're walking on the earth plane and maybe we don't have anyone that we feel we need to connect to in spirit, what, what I'm working with now is the idea of really connecting to others and feeling loved to your core. That is the cure. To be loved to your core is the cure. But how do you get love to your core? And to do this, you've got to get naked. And no, I am not talking about dropping trowel. <laughs> That's a good That's Navy term, actually. I mean. I'm talking about <laughs> radical emotional nudity where you have the courage to expose your deepest self, warts and all, and leap off the ledge of emotional safety and allow others to hold you in this very vulnerable, emotionally naked place. It's only when you allow this and you then feel loved in the place that you have hidden. You know, we all have these deeply shameful parts of ourselves. You know, when we were little, we revealed a part of ourselves and we were laughed at and we were shamed and we form these calluses around these part of ourselves and we walk around mm-hmm. with a mask on where nobody is ever really seeing us in our true, radically emotional, naked self. So then the, we continue to feel unloved and unworthy and disconnected. So the cure for this is to have the courage to take that leap off the ledge, into the arms of others, allow them to see you in this radically, emotionally nude way. And May I interrupt then a second? when you feel loved and held in this place at your core, at the places where you've hidden and you feel most ashamed, you are suddenly now healed. You're no, it's Jamie, Jamie, I've got to break in here. Because I'm listening to you and I'm saying, okay, so what if... I bear my soul and show my warts to the world, and this person says, oh, my God, I can't handle that. That okay. not that everybody's so, fear that people aren't going to yes, accept those parts fear, of us? But I'm not saying that you stand on a street corner and reveal yourself. No, 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 but if your loved ones but say you that. choose very carefully, if, choose carefully who you're going to expose yourself to. Now, if the other person can't handle whatever that true part of yourself is, that's the other person's limitation, you know. You are still loving yourself in having the courage to reveal who you are. Just that is an act of love. You are holding yourself by being willing to reveal what you truly are and what you feel. What the other person does is gravy, you know. It's, it's gravy. But if it they could hear be, you, if they understand it, it you, could be lovely. ugly gravy if they... I love what you're saying, but I'm just I just know that a lot of people who feel vulnerable might yes. then ex, you know, expose their warts and then feel like, oh, what have I done? Right. So again, this is why therapy is such a wonderful experience because it's a real conscious relationship. So you know, a lot of times it's best to allow yourself to go here in a controlled way. So my my okay. patients do this with me. And they know I will hold them. Then it's easier to take your show on the road and really hand choose. Who am I going to be intimate with? You don't just, you know, emotionally drop trial like that. You choose who you're going to be open to. And it's a relationship of, you know, trust. 
I have, you have shown to me that you're willing to be real with me, and it's sort of like a card game. I'll put down a card, then you put down a card, and then I put down a card, and you develop a sense of safety within the relationship that I see you are comfortable with my saying, you know, I'm ashamed of this, and you welcome me, and I welcome you. It's a process. We don't just develop this kind of intimacy and connection immediately. It is a process, right? I think women are really good at doing this, if if you all will allow me to stereotype, because we, we're used to talking about our feelings, but what about men who wouldn't, are, you know aren't what? comfortable I, doing I, this? And I then, know we think women do it. And I don't think women do. And I know this is a very non-PC thing to say, but what I see a lot is that women are as afraid as men of really exposing their their vulnerability. And what I see happening with a lot of women is that they cover their hurt and their fear and their sadness with anger, and they lash out. Well, you hurt me, so I'm just going to attack you. And this is another part of being radically emotionally naked is to really be real and not convert your feelings into defensive posturings or I'm attacking you or I'm blaming you. This is really uh, an integration, Suzanne, of my original work that I published under the title of Till Death Do Us Part Unless I Kill You First. (laughs) And then Hay House republished it as Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. This is my conflict resolution method where I talk about how to be naked But that's not the same as being honest, because a lot of people say, oh, I'm just going to let it rip. I'm going to tell you what I really think, and I'm really just blaming you, and I'm attacking you. So you want to be thinking before you speak, how's what I'm going to say going to land with the other person? If If I say this, will it be helpful to the other person, not only to me, but also the other person in our relationship? So you're constantly reflecting before you speak. There's no raw, impulsive communications. None. And then I'm thinking, if I'm going to talk to you about something that's very uh, real within me, it's about me, something that I feel afraid of or something that hurt me or that I'm scared about. So it's much more palatable for the other person to hear you when I'm not blaming you, right, mm-hmm. or attacking mm-hmm. you. But this is, this is an art form. This is not something, you know, like paint by numbers. It's a real skill we spend our lives developing. Wow. You must be right in a flight path, Jamie. <laughs> so, I'm, I might be, I must be what? I, I hear a jet going overhead. Did you hear that? You know, it's so crazy. I'm sitting outside on my lanai because the weather is beautiful here, and it seems like a million jets are passing. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, again, would you remind us what the point of this is? It's If you're just talking about yourself, is it to just, why would we want to be so vulnerable? The only way I can really connect to heal the feeling of disconnection is to be real with you. Because most people, you know, you're never lonelier than when you're in a crowd. Because Mm. in the crowd, I'm not real. I'm smiling. We're doing small talk. And I am lonely. And I feel disconnected. And people feel disconnected in their relationships. And people do come come to me for couples work. And they're sleeping in the same bed, but they don't know each other. They don't have any real intimacy. But to have intimacy and to really connect from your core, you have to speak from your core. Mm -hmm. You know? And in that then, when I speak from my core and I connect to you from that place, 
now I feel really connected. But the, the, the art form is to learn to speak in a way that is palatable to the other person. So, you know, I wrote an article for Psychology Today, Why Honesty Isn't Always the Best Policy, because people often say, as I said a minute ago, oh, I'm being honest, I'm speaking from my core, but really I'm just dumping on you, I'm attacking you, I'm blaming you. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like saying, you know, I am so afraid to tell you how much I love you because I'm afraid that I'll frighten you and you'll run away from me. There you go. I'm being real. I'm telling you what I feel and what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I mean, look, I have been on a journey of radical emotional nudity myself, and this is what really brought this work to me because Jean brought me uh, a man. You know, Jean told me I'm going to send you the one man who's right for you. And the year and a half ago... He dropped him in my lap, and it has been a journey for me to come out of my intellect, you know, because as a theoretician and a doctor and a writer, it's so easy for me to go in my head, and I was just broken wide open the minute I met this man, and I am on a journey of being brave enough to speak from my soul with him. Terrifying, but I've been on that journey to do it, and as I do it, it is opening his heart up because he, you know, is a military man and a soldier and you know how armored these men are. And uh, <laughs> no, my, no, right? Not necessarily all of them. <laughs> and But my having the courage to step into my heart in this way has been helping to dissolve his walls. I've got to go inside. There's just too many planes. Yes. <laughs> that <Yes>. is ridiculous. <laughs> so, I think uh, Ty usually listens to my radio shows, and he, I think he would agree with me that he, poor Ty, he's used to me bearing my emotions. And uh, You're unusual. Now, when yeah. you were a military person, were you more closed or were you always open? I think I... Actually, open? I don't think I was always this open, but I saw that it did harm to my marriage in the past, my first marriage, and I made a commitment that I would never let that happen. And I even warned Ty, watch out because I don't, I don't want to keep anything bottled up. I want us to keep things out in the open. So we've gotten used to sharing things so that they, that we have a healthier relationship. So I hope that everybody else gets to that point. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I will, I will say that it is very frightening a lot of the time, because I think what comes up for me, and I think I'm no different from anyone, I think we're all very much alike, deep inside there's this real terror that if I reveal my feelings, my needs, I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to be abandoned, I'm going to be shunned. I mean, I obviously have a lot of abandonment in my history, because I was born three months early, and I spent the first three months of my life alone at a preemie hospital Mm. so and then when I came home I was just physically and verbally beaten my whole life so in me is a is a great you know terror of opening up and revealing myself because I've already known such abandonment and ongoing Mm. abandonment so this has been a real soul lesson for me to have the courage to be afraid and speak from my heart anyway anyway yeah yeah wow it's a good advice on today's show valentine's day so thank you. This is I guess there's a book coming with this then. <laughs> Radical emotional nudity. No, I don't mean dropping trowel. 
<laughs> well, this is we're coming down to the bottom of the first half hour, and I think we've done a lovely job at looking at your relationship therapy side of your work. What I would love to do is focus now the second half on helping people to connect from their hearts with loved ones who have passed, because I remember it was when you interviewed me on your show that you actually outed yourself as a medium yeah. amongst your <laughs> colleagues. Do you remember that? I do. I was shocked. I was like, oop, you said it now, Jamie. <laughs> now everybody's going to know Dr. Love is, I was already has got a wound radical inside. emotional nudity. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I'd love to, if you will allow us when we come back, to talk more about your book, Love Never Dies. I have so many people say to me, you know, why haven't I connected with my loved ones? Why do some who have passed, why do some people connect and others haven't? So how's that sound? Sure. Wherever you want to go, yeah. we'll go. Great. Good. Um, we have just a, we have a couple minutes until we pass. Do you want to just tell us about Jean, your husband's passing, and then we'll pick up with that when we come back? Well, you know, Suzanne, for most of his life, he had been one of the most famous Jesuit priests. He had taught at the Vatican, and he founded the Liberation Theology Movement to fight church oppression from within. Wow. Yeah. He launched international fame when he publicly opposed the Pope and the Catholic Church. They were trying to block the legalization of divorce. And uh, he fought and won on the grounds of liberation theology. He was a radical feminist, and he told me years later he didn't want to see women trapped in marriages where they were being abused. So he fought on the grounds of liberation theology. The church should butt out of the private sector. He won, got the divorce bill passed, and soon after... The Pope granted him the dispensation of his vows so that he wasn't excommunicated. He left the mm. Jesuit order and the priesthood, and he was recruited by Vassar College to be the chair of the Department of Sociology. And from the time I was a little girl, I had a premonition of him. I saw his face wow. and his body, and I just said, I'll wait. I will wait and not date anyone, and I'll just wait for him to appear. And then on the first day of my freshman year, I had been shut out of all intro sociology, and I really wanted to take it. So I asked the secretary what could I do, and she said, go ask the chair, Jean Pin, oh. if he can find a seat for you. And the minute I stepped into his office, I had the first and only out-of-body experience of my life. I literally felt my soul shoot at high speed through a tunnel to the end Whoa. of my life. When I came back, I got the message, remember every aspect of this meeting, he will be everything to you one day. We were, from that moment on, really inseparable for almost 30 years. And wow. then in the last year of his bodily life, we started having, separately, having premonitions that he was going to leave his body due to an accident. We just didn't know when or where it was going to happen. Ooh, and that then, hangs over you one, kind of heavy. Yeah, and one night I had my head on his shoulder, and he said, Jimmy, I'm not going to be able, he was French, right? I'm not going mm -hmm. to be able to keep my world and live very old and die with you. And I said, I know you're going to die of an accident. He said, I know. And I said, well, I'll well, be alone listen, the rest Jamie, of my life. Listen, Jamie, we have to go to a break. So you're going to well, have no. to leave everybody hanging to find thing. out what actually happened and how he has come back to you miraculously many times and how yeah. you've learned to help other people connect. So everybody, please yeah. come back after the break. We're talking to Jamie Turndorf, Dr. Love.
You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell, taken from a talk called The Plan Unfolds. I know in those times in my life where the changes have been hard and difficult and painful, that one of the things that has helped me to deal with them is to realize, oh my gosh, this is not just ultimately for my own growth and my own benefit, but it's going to help me in some way to be a benefit of other people. And so very important to this idea of true new beginnings is that it usually begins not with something that we've changed out here and have said we want this to be the new beginning, but we're beginning to feel something moving or healing or changing inside of ourselves. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. For over 23 years, Liz Dunn and the team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting life-changing events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself in 2019. Tickets are available now for the International Women's Summit, March 7th to 10th in Phoenix, Arizona, featuring some of the most inspirational speakers in the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Do something for yourself this year. Go to CelebrateYourLife.com and reserve your space today. Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, One drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all with beautiful photography by Brett Hurd. This is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org slash shop. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore and other legendary Unity teachers with Reverend Bob Brock and Unity Classic Radio. Every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Central, Bob shares original radio transcripts from the Unity Archives with truth students worldwide. Explore these timeless teachings and learn how to apply them to your life today. Listen live or on demand. You can also connect with Reverend Bob on his Unity in Action Facebook page. Tune in every Tuesday here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Yes, and today we're talking to Dr. Jamie Turndorf, also known as Dr. Love, and that's her website, www.askdrlove.com, and that's A-S-K-D-R 
L-O-V-E. So don't spell out doctor and don't put a period in there. AskDrLove.com. And we're going to talk now about her new energetic system upgrade method. But, Jamie, before the break, you were talking about having a premonition that some kind of accident was going to happen to your husband, Jean. 30 years you'd been together. Yeah, and uh, one night we were in bed and I had my head on his shoulder and he said, Jimmy, I'm not going to be able to keep my world and live very old and die with you. And I said, I know, you're going to die of an accident. And I said, and I will be alone the rest of my life because you're it for me. And he said, no, you won't. I'm going to send you my clone. And I said, your clone? There's no clone of you. He said, you will see, Jamie. You will see. Now, what I've discovered about this concept of the energetic clone is that our loved ones in spirit, freed from the physical vessel of the physical body, have the power to clone themselves in all kinds of ways using what I call temporary energetic clones. I know that's a mouthful, but that's the best way I could describe what they do. So, for example, I have an example of this happening today. So today is Valentine's Day, and I could feel Jean was all around me and wanting me to know he's here and loving me. So I'm sitting on the lanai, and a lizard comes right up to me, and he looks me in the face, and he wiggles his mouth three times, I love you. Now, (laughs) this is how our little canary Fluffy used to say, I love you, and then Jean and I would do little experiments where I would say, see, let's see if I can get the duck to say I love you, and he would. So by Jean coming today, he used the lizard as his temporary energetic clone. So he was loving me through the lizard. Okay, I'm not going to laugh at that because anybody who's listened to my show knows. Okay, I'm saying that I'm not going to laugh at you because I know that our loved ones in spirit do merge their consciousness with birds or rabbits or butterflies to send the message to us. Yeah. Yeah. So why not a lizard? Because he couldn't get me a chippy, a chipmunk. We don't have them in Florida. So he used a lizard. And then, so I'm standing in my office, and I'm thinking, he really wants to get me some kind of a Valentine's gift. Now I go into a session with a beloved patient of mine this afternoon, and she proceeds to tell me, Jamie, last week, my best friend and I listened to your Love Never Dies radio show where Suzanne Giesman was your guest, right? And she said, you know, we loved the show. And my friend told me after the show, no, she didn't tell her after the show. Her friend reached out to her today and said, I made a gift for Dr. Jamie to thank her for all she does for humanity. And she sent my patient, her best friend, a photo of a necklace that she had made for me with rose quartz. Now, Jean got his present to me today through this angel. Oh, nice! Is it? But it, it yeah. It's rose quartz is, is the beautiful stone of love because he always gave me roses. Uh, you know, it was. I burst into tears. I was so moved and touched. You know, by these are the ways we angels are emissaries. They're open vessels for your loved ones. So this is, you know, part of our reconnecting is opening up to the infinite ways that our loved ones in spirit come through because freed from the physical vessel. They can influence the material world in infinite ways, you know, not just through animals, uh, domestic and wild, uh, but through symbolic communications, rainbows and butterflies, and then, you know, dropping coins on us. They love to use coins, like pennies from heaven, especially coins that were minted in a year 
or that was meaningful to us, like maybe the year mm-hmm. you were married or whatever, and that they will start dropping coins on you that have a significant date. And then finally, you know, the, the most powerful part of the trans-dimensional grief resolution method for me is that I show you how to stop using the props, you know, the human and animal open vessels, the electronic devices, because we can actually use the electronics to facilitate a conversation. You know, I'll say, Jean, if you agree, turn the light on, turn it off. You can learn to do this. But then you can strip away all these props and then just have a direct conversation. And I, I am all about having a direct communication with your loved ones in spirit. So now it, you're proactive. You resume the relationship, and you can have conversation anytime you want. Instead of being like a beggar with a cup waiting for a sign to be dropped in your cup, because a lot of people who are bereaved feel more bereaved if they don't get a sign or they yes. don't recognize the sign. They think they're not getting a sign. Well, what does the sign mean? So this way I show you how to just... Don't don't even worry about that. We'll show you how to go back into a trance. And uh, on my website, I, I, you know, I have this beautiful, you know, meditation audio that helps you, you know, get into a trance. And then you just talk. And you talk for whatever purpose you need to heal unfinished business, to obtain guidance on your healing, your prosperity. And uh, it's wonderful. You know, everybody can learn to do this. Is this at, do you just have the one website, AskDrLove.com? No, actually, it's funny because my DrJamieTurndorf.com website is where I'm doing this energetic system upgrade. You know, I'm bringing some of this newer work to my site. We're kind of branding me this year just under my name as the healer. So um, drjamieturndorf.com energetic system, slash energetic system upgrade. It's there at drjamieturndorf.com. And, you know, um, I'm actually starting a TV show under my name. So this is the year where I was told to come out under my name more. So um, okay. that's part of being, you know, radically emotionally naked, you know. Yeah. So let's back up a second to when you were giving this wonderful advice about going into an altered state of consciousness, more expanded state of awareness, and simply talking to your loved ones. So what about the people that say, but I don't hear them in response, or I think I'm making that up? You know, this is like if you were to go to the gym today and you'd never practiced, you would lift up a 50-pound weight and you'd drop it on your foot and break your toe because you haven't built the muscle. This is building psychic muscle is the same thing. I have a beautiful, beloved coach named Judith. When she began, she was so mad at me. This doesn't work. You can do it. I can't do it. And then what we discovered was that a lot of times we are not able to hear our loved ones because paradoxically the unfinished business that we have blocks our ability to communicate with them. For example, Judith was so angry at her dad, so much so because her dad never came to her in the way that she needed when he was in a body. So the problems that you have in physical form continue into the spirit realm. You're being given a second chance to heal it. So she was petulant, you know, dad, you're still not coming to me. And she was angry with him and, you know, ragging on him. And when she was in this state, it was an impasse because her vibration was kind of low. And so even though dad was here and trying to come through, she wasn't hearing him. The shift comes whenever I help you to own the feeling of anger and just talk about it in a constructive way 
And as she began to talk about her disappointment, the real emotional nudity was, I'm not angry, I was hurt. Once she started Mm -hmm. to really talk about what she felt and dialogue with him and work through her hurt, suddenly her vibration raised and she was not only able to hear her dad, she heard all the spirits and she was off and running. So as we heal, our skill becomes more and more more honed. We're more and more able to make the reconnection and hear more and more. So part so of it is you've got to practice. Yeah. Can I pop in here a sec? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I tell so many people who come to learn mediumship with me, they many come just to connect with their own loved ones. They don't want to be mediums. Is that right. one of the challenges is just dealing, getting their grief, processing their own grief first. So even if we're not all wounded or we've worked to heal other wounds from what was it you call it the the deformative years our deformative years if we've worked to heal those then now we have to process the grief right well the thing is one what i say is that when you are grieving you're not reconnecting because what I see is for so many people, widows, widows whose husbands committed suicide, I mean, they're so bereft. And um, if you get too caught up in your grief, it sort of makes you circle the drain. It, it's sort of self-feeding. It lowers your vibration. But what happens every time I'm able to help someone to reconnect, suddenly they say, oh, guess what? I'm not grieving so much. I actually feel my loved one's presence around me, even physically. So... Reconnecting for me is the resolution to grief. So if Mm -hmm. I really reconnect with you and I feel that you're here, I call it uh, focusing on, stop focusing on the hole in the donut. Okay, the hole in the donut, most people who are grieving get caught in the hole. The hole is I'm missing your physical presence. And then you Mm -hmm. don't see the entire donut, which is my spirit presence of my loved ones surrounding me. That's the entire donut. When you get grief-stricken, it's easy to fall into the hole in the donut and feel miserable and I'm missing you. And the more you go into that place, the more you're like ships in the night. So when I can sort of kind of detour that, just short-circuit that mechanism, just say, let's stop focusing on the hole in the donut. Let's reconnect. And as soon as you feel the reconnection, huh, I'm not missing you. I'm not grieving so much. And I believe that grief really never resolves until you reconnect and stay connected because I don't think we're meant to be disconnected from the people we love. I don't. So can you share with us some more of how they do that? Yeah, so what we do is, we, you know, I have a love club, an online love club, and a lot of the women in the love club then go on to become certified coaches. So in the love club, we start, we, we sit together, and here's the beauty of the group, because you're not only healing through reconnecting, you're healing through being in the group, right, with everybody, because mm-hmm. the, everyone else's vibration raises your vibration and helps you to be more accessible to sending and receiving energetic communication. So the process is... We do my meditation for making contact, and all as one, we're doing this meditation. And then after you're in the superconscious or meditational state, we, uh, we actually cross um, an imaginary bridge, and then we begin a dialogue. And we dialogue back and forth in a very specific way. And the way that we do it is, and a lot of people get lost in this this particular step. People will say, well, I talk, 
but I don't hear anything back. So right. in the dialogue, because when you talk with a person in a body, you hear a voice. Well, when you talk to a spirit, you don't audibly hear a voice. But to have a more satisfying conversation, I ask you to say out loud not only what you say, but also what your loved one in spirit is saying. So it's like you're a ventriloquist and you're speaking both sides of the conversation. Now, there's something very profound about hearing your loved one's voice in the air. Even if it is your voice saying it, the words are still being said out loud and then heard through your own ears. That's a big part of the dialogue, right? That's huge. I love that. But how many people at first say, I think I'm just making this up? They do. That's fine. You just keep going anyway. You just keep going. And here's the beauty of being in a group like the Love Club, because what happens is, when, you know the saying, 10 million Frenchmen can't be wrong? When you're in a group and every single person is hearing what you heard, you start to gain confidence. Whoa. You know, if you hear something, let's say, and then you think, that's crazy. And then two or three other people blurt out what you silently heard. Wow. You start to trust yourself, right? Mm. Can you give me an example of that? That, uh, that? I've never heard of that happening. All right. So um, I'm running a group, and a woman whose father sexually violated her when she was little eventually left home. And every day from the time she was little, she would go to the mailbox looking for a letter or something from him. Nothing ever came. And one day, decades later, she's crossing a bridge, and she feels a feeling like, My dad just left his body. And sure enough, she comes home and finds out he had. This began an odyssey. She had a breakdown, and uh, I was her doctor in an inpatient psychiatric hospital. And now she's in my office in a group, and she begins to dialogue with her father. And she's very angry at him, and this is a big part of the work. I don't ask you to deny your feelings. You talk about them. And you don't, have, you don't have to force forgiveness down your throat. Spirits accept you where you are. They're here to hold you and help you work it all through. And they've got an eternity to work it out with you. They're not forcing you to let go of anything. They're here to honor whatever you feel and that you've never said. So she starts to say to him, I hated you for what you did and then for leaving me and never to return. And I silently hear him say, I didn't know what else to do because in those days there were no treatment programs for pedophiles. And so I'm hearing him say, I didn't know what else to do. Now she says, I heard him. But all she heard was the part of the sentence. She said, I hear, I didn't know. That's what she said. And then two other members of the group said, well, the rest of the sentence is he's saying, I didn't know what else to do. So They validated what I had heard and gave her confidence that she was on the right track. She heard a part of the sentence, you see? And and for those who are listening, I as the medium know that the reason the others heard it is because that father was right there. This is not just something that's in your head. Those who pass are still people, and he would be present for that dialogue. And because everybody's in a bit of an expanded state and tuned into the same person and for the same purpose, that's really awesome that they would all hear him. It's not just thoughts in your head. They are here. There are so many examples like this. and. Um, the night before last in the love club, 
uh, one of the group members was so angry at a parent, and we could hardly hear the echoing and the feedback and the voices. And I just thought, oh, my technology on Zoom is failing. And would you believe that finally it became clear that her parent in spirit was saying, you need to admit to me that you're angry. This is what you need. And as she said it out loud, the echoing stopped. Oh, cool. So she got validation. You're mm-hmm. on the right track. And it's just clear as a bell audio. You know, Jamie, you're making me think of the one thing that I say in almost all of my presentations is don't wait until you have to find a medium to make amends and to talk about these things. So we see this, you and I in our work all the time, that this is these things, even if we don't resolve them here, we can still get a chance to resolve them across the veil. But let's do it face to face when the communication's a little easier. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, then we come back to the, you know, what I'm talking about, my original work, which was all about let's resolve our conflicts while you're still in a body. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. And let us connect and let us really, really find the way of being loving toward each other, which is easy when I'm not hurt by you and when I'm not angry with you. But let's find the way to communicate in a way that protects our love and resolves our conflict when I'm upset with you. That's the challenge. That's the skill. How do I stay in connection with you even when you've hurt me, even when I'm angry with you? So that's that's the technique now that I'm working with to help you really be emotionally naked but in a totally loving and supportive way. It takes a lot of impulse control to not let it rip on someone, you know? Yeah. So what is this energetic system upgrade? I don't think we've touched on that. No, well, so basically that's something that I am doing with you. Um, I I give you um, a session, and I basically scan your whole energy field. And I, I, you know, I'm listening to what spirits are telling me, what Jean is telling me. I'm tuning in to your body, your mind, your spirit, and I am sensing you and trying to see where your imbalance lies. And then in that moment... Well, you know, when I'm working with you, I will give you the upgrade that you need. So, like, for example, someone came in and she was just, you know, bereft. Her husband had committed suicide and she kept on saying, listen, I don't feel him. He doesn't want to talk to me. And the upgrade for her was to understand that he wanted to talk to her. But she has a lifelong pattern when she's hurt. She turns away from the other person. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to talk to him. She was hurt and mad at him. So instead of admitting this and talking to him about it and healing and connecting with him around the truth, she just said, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want anything to do with me. He doesn't want to talk to me, which made her feel more depressed and more disconnected. So the upgrade for her was to realize, no, he wants you. He wants to talk to you. You're turning your back on him. And once I was able to help her to get that, there was a total shift and an upgrade for her. She reconnected. She stopped feeling so bereft and disconnected. And everybody's case is different. You know, it's an art yeah, form. Sure. You, know? you know, you're just making me realize it's just like my guide, Sanaya, always said, that those of us, we souls who decide to come here to earth school are the bravest of the brave because it's tough being human. 
Yeah, really. I, I often say it's not easy living in a in a body. <laughs> yeah. So would you just share with the our listeners how Jean Pasc? I know they're curious because you said you foresaw, you prophesied oh, yeah. an accident. So we didn't know. It's really quite where. stunning. Yeah, it is amazing. And, you know, actually, my publicist asked me this week to talk more about the connection with uh, lightning, because I know that figures greatly in your life and in mine as well. A lot of healers have a big connection with lightning. So, uh, you know, I was born three months early as a result of lightning and um, a lightning strike that hit my mother and father's parents' house. And Mm -hmm. the shock and my mom smoking triggered the early birth. And then... Jean and I were vacationing in Sperlonga, Italy, one year before the the event, and we were nearly struck by lightning. We were in a medieval village, and we would go often, and a bolt of lightning struck just above our heads. And I thought, oh my gosh, that nearly got us. So uh, one year later, we left for our trip to Italy. We were going back to Sperlonga, this beautiful medieval village, like overlooking a, a mini bay of Naples, all, you know, carved out of the cliffs, with these little mm-hmm. twisted medieval alleys, beautiful. So here we are on the beach, <clears throat> and Jean's hand is up over his head as if to block the rays of the sun. And the next thing I knew, a bee swooped down and stung his left hand at the exact location of Christ's stigmata. Mm -hmm. And he suffocated in front of my eyes. And it was really a divine departure because, I mean, literally, Jesus suffocated, Jean suffocated. He was stung, you know, where the stigmata was, scar was. Mm -hmm. And, And I remember the moment that he was stung by the bee, I heard in my mind... He's been struck by lightning. He's dead. Wow. I know. And right before but, we left for Italy, 40, you know, we had um, a lightning strike at our Rose Arbor, and it destroyed it. Oh. And then I saw well, all these black crows. So lightning, lightning. But, yeah. And with just a couple minutes left in the program, is there any one, is there any one of his visits that stands out any more than any other that convinced you that love never dies the title of your book love never dies well you know last year three weeks prior to his uh, bodily departure i call it the anniversary date i started feeling profound tidal waves of love they were knocking me over and on the day um that i met this man that jean sent that he promised he would send to me The tidal waves were stronger than ever. I had been Mm. the victim of identity theft, and I had to call the state police. And I was standing on the porch when the man appeared, and he was hidden by a tree. And I heard his voice say, sorry, I'm late. And I thought, what? This isn't a date, you know. And then he cleared the tree, and he looked like he had been struck by lightning. (laughs) Funny, right? Mm. Wow. And he said, do I know you? I feel I've always known you. And at the same moment, I heard you're meant to introduce him to his immortal soul. And the wave of love that came over me was so profound. And I realized that our loved ones are constantly trying to help us perfect our ability 
to expand our hearts and love ourselves and others more fully. And my experience with this man has expanded my heart so much, so, so much, because he's had, you know, four tours in Afghanistan. There's a part of him that doesn't want to be in a relationship. And I have had to confront all the places where I was stuck with Jean, where, oh, I would get heard and I would shut down. And so Jean has, all of our loved ones are trying to bring us opportunities to expand our hearts and our ability to love and connect to others in love and then bring love back to ourselves and love ourselves unconditionally. So every opportunity that you have to expand your heart, take these gifts that are being brought to you because this, our life lab, our life lesson here on earth is this is our love lab. Life is our love lab. Yeah. This so is when you, when you have bumps in the road in your relationships, these lead to, to greater things. That's yes. the thing that we need to remember. That's often when you go through it. But, stretch our oh. hearts and our souls. This is all, all these bumps in the road are. And so every time they come, I step back again and I say, so what is this telling me about the other person's wound? What does he or she need in order to be healed? How can I be that agent of healing? How can I get out of my own way and be more loving? And then when you practice this kind of love with the other, and you are connecting in a radically emotionally naked way, right? And the other person is working to do the same with you. It's, it's um, our souls are just, just unbelievably growing. And the amazing and thing that's is, it, J- Jamie. It it's been wonderful sharing with you, but we are out of time. What a, it's a perfect Good. way to end. Everybody, learn more from Dr. Jamie Turndorf at doctor at askdoctorlove.com. And the other website, Jamie is. DrJamieTurndorf.com.com. There we go. Thank you so much. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.